you know, um, God's told us right at this time that it has to be about both word and spirit. And um, what he's put on my heart this morning is, is to talk about something that he calls a baptism of love. Um, and the way I'm going to do that is that I'm just going to show you some things from the word first. And then I'm going to tell you some stories to illustrate it, some real life stories. And um, you may remember uh, last week we looked at verse 1 Corinthians 12, 31, which says this, covet earnestly the best gifts and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Now we looked at the covet earnestly last week and, and been desiring what God wants to do. As long as we think that things are optional or a nice to have of it would be nice if it happens here, it never will. Because God flows according to the hunger of people. God flows according to our desire for him. And uh, I put a, a, a thing up on Facebook a few days ago saying that, which was basically that, that God's looking for hungry hearts. And the reason he, he releases his spirit to hungry people is because they're the only people he can trust to carry the weight of his glory. And my, my whole passion of, of, of what he's called me and Faith Life and Cheryl to do is, is to see the glory to the maximum extent we can. And, but in this, when Paul's talking about how all the gifts work in, in what was a, an, just an outstandingly gifted church in Corinth, he, he says this, but I'll show you a more excellent way. Now, that, that word way is, uh, is, a, is a Greek word that says hodos. Hodos. And basically it means a, a course of conduct or um, what would be another way of saying it? Uh, a way of thinking. But primarily it means a way to obtain properly. A way to obtain properly. Now, the point is this. Some people then go, oh, well, it doesn't matter about all the, the, the things, that, that, about the miracles and the healing and the gifts of tongues and the prophecy and all that, all that stuff. All that matters if, is if we're loving people. And so, therefore, we forget about all the other stuff and say, well, you know, Paul said, oh, love is the most important thing. And it is. But he's not saying the two are exclusive. What he's saying is the two have to go together. You need both, not one or the other. And, and why is that? Well, the reason why that is, is that we are, we are not measuring. We've got so used to living in this little time frame of 70 or 80 or maybe a bit longer years. I'm going for 120 plus personally, but... Oh, well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going till he comes back. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, then we can save on the funeral expense. That's so, good accountant approach to things. By the way, I'd I just like to say, because somebody said it to me this week, I am no longer an accountant. All right? I'm not an accountant. I'm a man who is after God's heart. They're different. And what, what the point of it is, is this. We live in this little frame... But actually, the truth is, we live in eternity. And we're in eternity right now. 
And, and God's asking us to do a, 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 like a paradigm shift so we see ourselves as living in eternity. And what he says is that the, the gifts of the Spirit and the acts that we do and, and everything don't endure in eternity. They don't endure in eternity. Because in the eternal context, Paul tells us only three things actually endure. The, 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 you know, they determine what eternity is going to be like for us. And those three things are faith, hope, and love. And he says the greatest of these is love. Now, why would you talk about all the gifts if they don't count? The point is this. that The gifts without the heart don't count. The gifts with the heart count. And God looks at the heart of man and says, why did you do the miracles? Why did you carry the gifts? Because we all have gifts. And, and they are not dependent on character. They're not dependent on us. They, they are gifts. They're things that God has given us. And therefore, they can be carried with a good heart or a bad heart, a right heart or a wrong heart. And God's saying the only thing that matters in the eternal context that counts is, did you do it with love? Was it motivated by love or was it motivated by something else? You see, the point is this. This is key where, to where I'm going in this, this whole thing about flowing with the Spirit. If we truly want to flow with and in the Holy Spirit, we have to have the first commandment in first place in the church. If we truly want... Now, you're going to do a big paradigm shift. I'm going to tell you that this morning. I'm trying to change the way you see things. If we really want to flow in and with the Holy Spirit, the first commandment has got to be first place in the church. And the Holy Spirit, and, and the reason for that, why it's linked to the way we flow in the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit's agenda is to restore the first commandment to first place in the church. His first objective or his um, first agenda is that the first commandment is in first place in the church. Now, um, if, if you're sort of kind of new to church, you need to know what that first commandment is. So I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you. Somebody basically came up to Jesus and said to him, out of all the stuff in the Bible, what's the most important thing? What's the most important? Now, that's kind of a good question to ask, isn't it? What's the, what's the most important thing? And Jesus said this in Matthew uh, chapter 22. Jesus said to him, or replied to him, you, will, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it or equal to it or works alongside it or is interrelated to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is saying, the big thing that you've got to take notice of, if you're a follower of me, is I want you to love me with everything you've got. That's, that's what I desire. I, everything else is secondary to that. I want you to love me with everything you've got. Because I love you with everything I've got. And I want your heart because you've got mine. I want your heart because you've got mine. Now, if, that's, if that is the Holy Spirit's agenda, if Jesus says that's the biggest thing, 
then that's the biggest thing on the Holy Spirit's heart because Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit's God, the Father is God. That's the biggest thing on the Holy Spirit's heart. So he's actually here to help us love God like that and, and receive that love of God like that. That's, that's his number one agenda item. It might not be our number one agenda item when the Holy Spirit's around, but it's his number one agenda item. Is He wants us to know how loved we are, and he wants us to love him back in that same way. And so he's here to help us, but as we, we've already discovered, the Holy Spirit helps according to the hunger. It helps according to the desire. And so the big question that... that that when I was looking at this and God started opening this up to me, you see, I'd never seen the Holy Spirit as that was his agenda. I thought he was here to release power and miracles and gifts and, and, and do an outpouring and have revival. Yes, he is. But it only matters to him if that miracle or that revival or that move of God or that outpouring produces a people who are madly in love with him and will lay down their lives for him because they're so passionate about him because he's that level of passion for us. And so, so it, 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 this question comes up, which is, am I hungry, first of all, for external blessings or for him? Because we talk a lot about blessings, don't we? We talk about a lot about if you do this, God will do that for you. Or I'm in faith for this. Or I'm desiring that. Or God's promised this. And sometimes, well, most of the time, we, can, we get by by talking about the promiser, promises and forget the promiser behind them. Yeah. And God made the promises because he wants us to know how much we love him. Our response to that isn't, I want the promises. Our response to that is, I love you. Yeah. I love you. And so, you know, I, I was really challenged when he said that to me. Do I, where's the balance of my, what I've been saying? And, and, and when he started saying to that, mate, that's where the whole thing I did on Hosea, on religion or relationship came from, those questions that he was asking. And the, the fact is this. There's something more, I want more than blessings or a great ministry. And the thing I want more is for my heart to grow towards him. Yeah. Now, just be clear, I'm not saying God doesn't bless. He does, he blesses outrageously. I'm not saying God doesn't do miracles. He does, he does them incredible miracles. He fuses fingers that are lined up for amputation. We've just seen that. He does incredible things. He, he, he restores sight to blind people so much that consultants cancel operations. We've seen that. You know, he does these things, but that's not what it's about. The first thing I want is for my heart to grow towards him. That is where I stand. And the Holy Spirit said to me this, is if you're hungry for it, and you'll talk to me about it. I'll show you how it can be a reality. If you're hungry for it and you'll talk to me about it, I'll show you how it can be a reality. And what we're talking about is making that first commandment the primary goal of our life. Now, we might have 
all sorts of different goals in our life. You know, when I was younger, my, my goal was to be, uh, have a successful career and be a partner in a global consulting firm. And, um, you know, I, I, I got excited advising and structuring billion pound transactions and inventing tax planning ideas and all sorts of things. And they were my goals. And, and to have a good family, a great family, lovely kids. Uh, I already had the beautiful wife. I just wanted the lovely kids. And then we got the lovely kids. And, and, and you get these goals. But really, the primary goal of our life is to love God with all our heart and be loved by him with all his heart. He already loves us with all his heart. And he... The goal for us is to live after his heart. And that, that's so hard to do when it's so busy. You see, there's a paradigm shift. You know the word paradigm. Is, oh, is that a business word? There, there, there's a change of perspective that you see everything differently when the primary goal in your life becomes to love God. You know, it changes the whole way you view ministry. It changes the whole way you view uh, desperate times. It changes the whole way you view your family. It changes the way you view your kids. It changes the way we view each other. It changes the way you see your career. It cha just changes so much. And we don't like change. And so we give up so much of what God wants for us because we don't like change. God is saying, I need you to change because I, my love for you is incredible. I, and I want you to want me the way I want you. Is, it, is this making sense? Now, Jesus is promised an inheritance by the Father. And the inheritance that Jesus is promised by the Father is a people devoted to him, a bride, a people who will love him. And they love him voluntarily. It's a choice that they make. It's not forced. It's not a result of that's where the good stuff is, so I'll love him anyway because that means I get things. It's a choice, a voluntary choice that we make to love Jesus. And that's what the Father has promised Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit is about working in our midst. That's what he's been about this morning. He's always about that. Whether we flow with it or not is a different question. But he's always about that. And this is the way it works. That, that he wants us to love him with all our heart. Because he already loves us with all his heart. He wants us to love him with all our heart because he already loves us with all his heart. And when God said that to me, and he started to just show me this, because there's something I'm going to show you in a minute. That, well, it blew me away, and I'm kind of hoping, I think it'll blow you his way as well. But... <laughs> the creator... Of everything we have around us, the creator of every person in this room, 
the creator of a billion galaxies full of millions of stars, the creator of the minutest atom to the vast expanse of the whole of creation, is telling me he loves me with all his heart. He loves me with all his mind. He loves me with all his strength. I am the passion of his heart. How do I know that? Because God doesn't ask me to do anything he doesn't already do. He's calling me to be like him. The, the whole point of who you are is to be like him. So he loves you with all his strength, all his mind, all his heart, all his passion. He loves you. Now, I, I was just blown away with that because I don't get that. Why would you love me like that? Why would you love anybody like that? How, how can God do that? Doesn't he see my faults? Doesn't he see the problems? And, and they're all the wrong questions. He just does. He decided to. It was voluntary on his part. He made the choice. That's how he loves me, with all his mind, all his strength, all his power, all his heart, all his might. He loves me. And I don't get it. And you see, that's the point. That's the point of my life. I, like, I'm going like, God, I'm so sick. I have not got this before. How did I not see this? But then I realized I'm looking in books to try and find it. And I, I'm thinking like, man, we just don't see this. The, the point of my life is to be loved by God and to love him. The point is not my career. It's not my great kids. It's, it's not my ministry, whether it's a big ministry or a small ministry. It's not faith, life. It, it's nothing. It's to be loved by God and love him. Because I'm Jesus' inheritance. He gets me. I'm his inheritance for eternity. I get to spend eternity with him, being loved by him and loving him. And how cool is that? And I'm getting excited about this. But then he said, right, this is how it works. And this, this is what I want you to see. Because that, that's cool, isn't it? But I want to know how it works because I'm an ex-accountant. And this is how it works. God says to this, that, you see, he uses another word about that relationship with Jesus. And he says, we're to be equally yoked, not unequal. Now that blows me away too. God's saying, I'm going to yoke you equally with Jesus. You're going to be equal. He's not talking down to you. You're not second rate. You're not a servant. You're not just doing it out of obedience. You're going to be equal, equally yoked. Yeah. I'm not going like, man, that, that's, that gets me like, whoa, I'm going to be equally yoked with Jesus. I'm going to be alongside him. And he's going to treat me like I'm him and he's me and we're equal. And you go like, God, how can you do that? And then I'm starting to think because, you know, analytical brain comes out. And I'm going like, how, how do you do that, God? How do you do that? And, and, he's, and he goes like, this is, this, is, this is the truth of it. I'm going to love you with all my heart. And I'm going to love you 
with all my strength. And I'm going to love you with all my might. And I'm going to love you for all of eternity. And I'm going to help you love me with all your heart. And I'm going to help you love me with all your strength. And I'm going to help you love me with all your might for all eternity. And here's the way this works. That God's all is incredible. It's huge, isn't it? Can you imagine all of God's might is what he's loving us with. All of his thoughts, all of his mind is what he loves us with. All of his strength is what he loves us with. All of his power is what he loves us with. All of his compassion is what he loves us with. All of his, all of his um, forgiveness is what he loves us with. And I'm running out, you see, I'm running out of words and I've not even got started. And, and you get all, and it's just like way beyond massive. And I'm going like, how can my... How can what I can do even compare to that, Jesus? How, how can you equally yoke me? How can, how can I be in the inheritance of your son? How's that going to happen? How, we, how, how, how does he do it? And he said, you just have missed it. You don't understand what I'm saying. And this is what he's saying. And this just like blew me away. I am going to say, I'm going to love you with my all. And you are going to love me with your all. And my all is massive. And your all may be small. But it's your all. And I'm going to, for eternity, say your all equals my all. My all equals your all. They're equal because it's not the amount of the all, it's the fact of the all. Do you, and I'm going like, God, wow, that is incredible. It's not the amount of the all, it's the fact of the all. I, I give my all and I get all that. I get all of him. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Now, what's more, even more amazing is God said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to start doing it and you can start entering into that now. John chapter 17 uh, verse 26 says this. And this is the same prayer as Ellen had read out earlier. It's just further on in it. And I have declared to them, that's us, your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me, the love with which the Father, God, all his strength, all his might, all his power, the love with which you love me will be in them. Because yeah. I'm in them. The love with which God loves Jesus is in us. That's Jesus' intention. That's what the Holy Spirit's there to bring about. Are you getting this? These are big shifts, I understand. They're big shifts. They, they were like massive shifts to me. I'm like on my face in the annex crying when I'm seeing this. You know, because it's just huge. And I don't understand it, but God said he's going to give that to a human heart like mine. And I'm going, well... I'm just nowhere near that God. And he said, well, let's see if we can get you a bit nearer. You know, sometimes his logic blows me away. <laughs> let's see if I can get you a bit nearer. And then he, t he, he started to open this up to me. That it takes the power of God 
to be able to love God. It takes the power of God to be able to love God. You see, we, we have a decision to make. And once we make that decision, the power steps in to accomplish it. And the decision we've got to make is to cooperate with God. Yeah. To let him do it. To surrender. To let him do it. I've got like, easy peasy. But it's not, is it? But I want to do it. Yeah. Because I, I, I want to know God like that. I want this church to know God like that. I want all of us to know God like that. See, when we decide that we're going to make that our goal, the Holy Spirit steps in. And he does something. And the way he does it is... You know, we talk a lot about baptisms, baptism in water, baptism in faith. Sometimes we talk about baptism in fire. And, and God says that this is what I'm going to do. And, and it's, not, it's not clear whether this is separate or it's part of a ba the baptism of fire or whatever. But he says this. He said, I'm going to recreate your heart so it will love me the way I love you. And I'm going to recreate it so you will know how much I love you and you will know how much you are loved and you will live in the beauty of that love. And you see, he'd already promised it to Jesus when Jesus was praying. Jesus said, this is what we're going to do. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says this. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, I, I didn't see this before. I went, I went to see it because God started talking to me about it and he told me that's where I had to look. That word poured out in our hearts. So the love of God, his love, all his might, all his strength, all his power, all his passion, is all is poured out into our hearts. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now that poured out, what that word means is totally inundated like water or oil poured out to overflowing. It's, it's gushing out and permeating and going through and pouring out. It's, just, it, it's, it's a baptism in his love of our hearts. Are you getting this? And, and what God's imparting and what, he, what, what the Holy Spirit's doing is he's causing our hearts to know how much they are loved and causing our hearts to be able to love him back. And he's doing it if we cooperate. How incredible is that? Let me tell you Two, three little stories. There's um, somebody I've been reading about, and, and he wasn't, I wasn't really familiar with his ministry, but I, I've been looking at it quite a lot over uh, recent weeks, just seeing, and, and it was really sort of observing things when I was with 
Heidi Baker a couple of weeks ago and, and that set me off down this trail. And he's a guy you might have heard of him. He's called Leif Hetland. And Leif Hetland um, basically has led over one million Muslims in Pakistan to Christ. He's a Norwegian guy. And, and I was going, well, okay, I've seen what Heidi Baker does in Mozambique. And you're telling me this guy's done this in, in, this, in, in Pakistan. What is it in him that makes that happen? And God said this to me, and I'll tell you a bit about his st Leif Hetland story in a minute, but this is what he said to me at first. He said, if I baptize you for power, which I want to, and am doing and will, then that will allow you to do ministry and it allow you to be effective in ministering to others and bringing my kingdom into the life of others. But it's only if I baptize you in my love as well that you will be able to stand when everything is against you and when everything is terrible. My love is the only thing that will keep you going. Power does not keep you going. Miracles do not keep you going when everything in the world is against you. They don't, you know, they are God's means of the kingdom coming, but in our hearts, the only thing that keeps us going through terrible, terrible things, that, the sort of things that, that, that people like Heidi and Roland face and Leif Hetland faces and other people face, the only thing that keeps us going is because our hearts are baptized by love. And we've all felt that. I'll tell you how that feels. That feels that, that you don't know why, but your walk feels dry and it feels empty. And, and that's where we haven't got that baptism of love functioning. And you can still see miracles in that. You can still see in God do incredible things because the gifts don't get taken away. But the only thing that will keep you going long term is that love. Because that's what holds you. That's what makes the world feel safe when it's anything but safe. That's what makes you feel secure when it's anything but secure. And this, this guy called Leif Hetland, when he was a teenager, he rebelled against his church family. He, he got into drugs, he got into alcohol. He was a real dropout. And what happened was that um, when God started moving uh, around 1994, the sort of things that I talked about and I was touched with when I went to Sunderland, when God started moving, um, he, he went along and he went to uh, what's actually Queen's Park, Queen's Road Baptist which was Norman and Margaret and Mick Oldland were there. And he went along, he heard something was happening, he went along there, and he was prayed for, and he was flammed by the Holy Spirit, and there was an impartation of power that came into his life. And this, this is what he said about, about that time. Because what happened was that miracles started to escalate around him. But this is what he says before he went there. By 1994, I was the classic burned-out high achiever. I was still serving the taskmaster in church who had a long to-do list. After a few years like this, I was finally so desperate for more of God that my desperation level became higher than my fear level. I was finally dry enough to pursue whatever it took to get more of God, even if it cost me my job, my home, my friends, everything around me. 
I looked successful on the outside, but I was miserable in many ways, and I was making everybody miserable around me. I was living for God, not living from God, and not living with God. I was living for God, but not living from God, and not living with God. That's a major paradigm shift. Now, what happened was that he, um, after that, he was prophesied over by a guy called Randy Clark, and then he started out on ministry, and he was seeing the most incredible miracles in his ministry. And he was seeing people coming to Christ uh, in, in Muslim countries. And this is what he says. Now there was a whole different expectancy of God's calling was released in my life. There was this week of glory shortly after Randy's impartation when everyone I prayed for got healed. Addicts got delivered upon a single touch and all the gifts of the Spirit were operating through me. It was actually scary. I thought I was losing my mind because I saw people through Jesus' eyes and could feel their pain when I touched them. But this didn't continue. And what happened was he still felt he was still living for God. He didn't, he didn't, there was nothing to hold him. And, and he was seeing these incredible things in his ministry and he was desperately sad and dry himself. And what happened was that he went to a, a church, um, where was the church? I can't remember. Um, I don't know, I can't, can't see it immediately. But he went to a church, and basically there was a guy playing the keyboard singing called Dennis Jernigan, or something like that. And he called him out, and he started to sing over him a song called The Father's Love. And what happened was that the Holy Spirit just put him down on the floor and spoke the words straight to him that we've been sung over him. And this is what he said. My whole message changed that day. I received a baptism of love. It had a dramatic effect. The Father revealed himself to me. I was healed of my orphan spirit and received the spirit of sonship. I learnt that my inheritance is something I receive, not something I achieve. My Father has given me the nations, not because of anything I did, but because I'm his son and he loves me. And what he says is that from that point forward, he started talking to people about how, um, from this place of being loved, and what was happening in his ministry escalated without the effort before, of before. Because he knew how much he loved. He received this baptism of love. Now, I, I saw this really first in operation, um, when would it be? A few years ago. Uh, first time I went to the Czech Republic. And uh, I was ministering at a conference there and, uh, in a place called Bruno, which is uh, the second city of the Czech Republic. And in the second session I was doing, I was talking about uh, being sons of God and, and what that meant. And basically, I'd been asked to go out 
because it was called Miracle Explosion. So I was basically thinking, well, somebody needs to do some, see some miracles around here. But my preachers are about God until I get to last session. I'll do a healing session the last session. So I'm just talking about God. And, so, and then God put it on my heart and he said, right, look, at, look I'm going to show you what's happening in the people out there. And so he showed me the effects that, that decades and decades of communism has had on their hearts. That they, they, they were all walking around with their heads down, all um, feeling, they, they weren't secure, they were, they were just feeling without hope. It was just like, like their life had been sucked out of all the people. And, and I, I just said, look, God, God, this is what God showed me, and I'm going to pray for you. So I prayed from them, from, from the stage, and did it, and you know, we had this piano tinkling in the background, as you do, and all that sort of stuff. And, and absolutely nothing happened. I'm thinking, oh, well, okay. Uh, well, we've got the healing session to come, so that'll be all right. And uh, so I went off for lunch, and I came back from lunch to find this big queue of people at the side of the stage. And I go like, so I'm going like, what's happening? Because I can't understand a word they're saying, but they're talking to the microphone, and people are clapping, and all that sort of and, and what happened is that there must have been three or four hundred people there. And they'd all, they were all saying the same thing. That when that prayer was said, they just felt liquid love come down into their life. And, and they, they, they came up with this phrase, and they started, everyone said, and it was Father Love Man. So <laughs> I'm Father Love Man in the Czech Republic. <laughs> But this, this, they had had an impartation of God's love, complete, because it wasn't what I was praying for. I was just asking God to lift their heads and, 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 and sort of reverse what had happened. But he ministered to them directly this baptism of love. Now, one of the things that I've been really excited to observe the last few, well, couple of months, I think, really, is... Um, I, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen in quite a few people in the church, but I've seen it happen in one person in particular who is really struggling to give words to what's happened in her. But I've seen it happen in, in Nick. So she's going to hide now, and I'll face this way because I can't see how red she's gone. But she doesn't understand what God's done in her life, but she knows she's different. And, and there was nothing that happened. It, it was just God did it. And, and he's imparted something into her. And I'll tell you, Cheryl and I, we, we dropped Nick off on, on Wednesday at the car park at Parkside, and we drove away and gone, wow, what is God doing in that girl? It's just amazing to see. And I want to tell you a couple of things, and I, I really struggled as to whether to share this or not this morning. Because some of the things... Uh, well, they're just difficult. But, you see, th this is only real if I'm preaching it for me. And there's your problem, you see, because when, when you're a pastor, it involves people seeing you, <laughs> and you'd really rather people didn't see you. You know, I, I, I've tried. I can't be one of those pastors that everything's perfect and I've got it all nailed, because I'm not. Okay? I, I, don't, I don't think, well, I, I, perhaps 
lot more passages are further on than I am, but I, I, I just don't have it all nailed. But for, to, this might explain a few things to you as well. For the last year, myself and my family have had the most horrendous year we have ever had. And really, the, the causes of that go back a lot longer. But what happened was, a couple of years back, I, um, all sorts of stuff was, was going on, but good long story short, the church's finances had a real dip. From which they're still in a dip compared to what God has that he wants to do with us. This isn't about finances. I'm not going to ask you to give any money. Okay. You can if you want. <laughs> I'm trying to be open and it's quite difficult. But I really felt I had a word from God to invest in a couple of businesses. And, and I felt I'd received that word when I was at a prayer conference in France. I felt he spoke it directly to me. And I was just absolutely sure that God was going to bless these businesses. And, and I invested in them. We invested a lot of money in them. But the, because we believed, or I believed it was God, the purpose of investing was for the multiplication for the kingdom. Okay? And I, I've checked my heart on that, and, and that, I really believe that was the case. And Shovel and I have talked about it endlessly, because, and, and I really believe that's the case. Now, I don't understand everything around this, but it turned horrendous. Not because of the businesses, but somebody that was involved in those businesses got in with some difficult people. And this is the bit that I'm struggling about, because Cheryl doesn't know. And those people were into extortion. And they were demanding money in order not to cause the businesses to shut down or to, to, uh, not to block finance that was coming through. And they were demanding money. And basically, I was taking phone calls left, right and centre, demanding 400,000, 500,000, 600,000 and facing threats that they were going to turn up at our house and burn our house down and that I'd find myself beaten up in a car park one day and all the rest of it. And that continued for month after month after month. Now, I didn't share that with Cheryl because that would have, um, well, what would it do? <laughs> and um, eventually, I, I walked away. I said, right, I, I, I'm walking away from the whole thing. I walk away from the money. It's just done for me. I don't want anything more to do with it. Stuff didn't finish there, but that was a point where I could walk away. And I'm going, it's not just that. It's not just like what, what that, the, dealing with that sort of stuff of the sustained period does to you inside. It, it's that, it's God, I really believe. Do you want me to do this? I don't understand. And, and the day the second of the two businesses went down, which is just about last November, um, 
all sorts of other difficult stuff came into our life, um, which we wish didn't come into our life, but it did. And that was really hard to walk. Now, you might not have known any of that, and you might not have seen any of that. But what that produces is from, say, last, last August through to Christmas, I was preaching from my gifting to be able to teach, but I was breaking up inside every time I stood up in front of you, and it was so hard to just get through the morning. So if I was a bit dull and boring, then, or I wasn't hitting the mark for some of you, that is why, okay? You can't say those things at the time, but that is why. Um, I live in this place of wanting more of God. And you know, when the last five months, in some ways, have been even harder than last year. But at that time, you, you, I've, what I've learned is to, to dig into God and pursue him. Because that's my first love. And you go, well, how, how does that happen? Well, for me, I did all the things you're supposed to do. I, I talked to people. I've, I've, I've had like prayer ministry here, prayer ministry there. I've been prayed for by all, all my friends. I've been prayed for by incredible men and women of God like John Anna and Heidi. They don't, they don't know any of this. They just prayed for me. And, and, and it helps. But without God stepping in, it's words. It's a technique. And uh, so I'll tell you the two things that got through, through me. Because I'm sharing about this baptism of love. The first one, um, a few people, well, three or four of you know about, is that we, we were, I was getting um, some ministry called Sozo. And during that ministry, you see, what, one of the things that I felt was really hard is that for a long time, I'd stood here and felt um, every time I preached that I was being opposed. And I, it, spirit, spiritually opposed. It was, it was just so hard. And I didn't want to preach anymore. And God showed me this, during the course of this ministry, he gave me an open vision. And, and Bob was actually there when, when I related this and when it occurred. And I was, I was stood here preaching like I am now. And right here, there was a huge bear with his paw, with his long nails, his claws on my shoulder. And every time I spoke, he roared. And that's what my father did for me. My bear's, this might sound crazy, but my bear's still here. But he's bigger and he's grown, and he's actually touching the ceiling. Now, I'm not pretending I can see him right now, but I can actually feel him. I've never felt so loved. And you know, when stuff like the businesses happens, you are not yourself. So I went 
I went to bed last night and I was, I'd spent quite a lot of time in worship yesterday. And um, I went to bed and I was praying, God, like, how, how, how's this work? Because all that's happened and I don't know if I'm through yet. And he said, I want you to share this this morning. And there's a song. And this is what he, this is what he did last night. There's a song. Um, you know that wise men say you shouldn't share until like months afterwards. Well, God's told me to share this morning, even though it was last night. So I'm sat in bed and I'm praying and I'm, I'm worshipping to this song. And, it's, and I've got it on repeat. And it's a Kim Walker song. I don't know if she wrote it, called Healing Oil. Um, and, it, and it's basically, I can feel your, your healing oil running down my brow. There's no, I wouldn't want to be any other place than right here, right now. And as that happened, as I was listening to this, oil just started. I felt oil. I, I couldn't touch it. Uh, you know, I'm not saying there was oil. I just felt oil just running liquid all over me while I sat in bed. So much so that I had to get out of bed, put the light on and see if, like, I was, like, what was happening? Like, was I bleeding or what, you know? And I had to look and there was nothing. And, but I could, just, I, can, I could just feel this oil just running. And I thought, my dad's with me. My father loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Because he's right here, right now, showing me this. Do you understand? See, there's, there's a baptism of love. There's an impartation that God gives us just of his love. 